conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that you can follow Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram at Welcome to Geekdom and on Twitter at Geekdom Pod. There are links to those in the show notes. You can also support the show on Patreon, where I will be releasing bonus content for this podcast and my other podcast, Chat Cemetery. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. There are links to all of those things in the show notes, so be sure to do that. It is a huge help for the show, and I really appreciate it. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Geekdom is Back. I'm your host, Deanna Chapman, and today I'm joined once again by Richard Newby, and we are talking all about Matt Fraction and David Aha's run on Hawkeye. This ran from 2012 to 2015. It's 22 issues. We wanted to talk about this one because it was a first read for you. And it's actually one of my favorite Marvel comics because of how unique it is in comparison to a lot of Marvel's other stuff. Like for instance, if you were to pick up an issue of this and pick up pretty much any other issue of a Marvel comic, you would definitely see a pretty big difference most of the time. Yeah, um, it's you know not really connected to the larger events that were happening at the time, which is really cool. There's not a lot of there's not really any tie-in, which is interesting because like this came out during the same time that Secret Avengers uh, was running, and Hawkeye was a main character in that. Um, and you don't have to read that to follow any of this, uh, which I feel like was really distinct uh at the time yeah absolutely and you know we get the pizza dog in this we get kate bishop so it's not that we aren't being introduced to other characters in this and obviously pizza dog aka lucky is not necessarily a center of attention well in my opinion he is when he is on the page but you know kate bishop plays a really big role in this story, but it is very much still a Hawkeye story because as we know, she is also Hawkeye in this and using that name. And you see Clint's admiration for her. You see how they work together. And I just really liked that they were so focused in on these two characters working together. Yeah, I appreciated that too. And I also really like the fact that, you know, they're not the typical superhero. Like they're not like paragons of, of goodness all the time. Like they, they mess up terribly. Um, Hawkeye makes some really, uh, Clint Barton makes some really stupid decisions, as does Kate. And I feel like there's such a, a human quality to this book that I really appreciate because, you know, it's really redefining the character. It's like, it doesn't feel like Matt Fraction is tied to, you know, how Clint was depicted before. Like, he can really make the character his own. And I think that makes him a lot more interesting in the long run. Yeah, and much like the Miss Marvel series that we discussed, there are characters who pop in and out a little bit, too. We have Madame Mask in this. You have, you know a few instances of Spider-Man popping in and, you know, 
it's not that they don't include other characters. It's that when those characters pop in, they don't take over the entire story. It doesn't become a team up thing or anything like that. And, you know, you have these issues where you'll have a different artist. Like early on, Javier Polito does a couple of issues and you have that same consistency that you had with the Miss Marvel series, despite some artist changes, which a lot of that, I think, has to do with the way the stories are written. And there's a consistency in that sense. So even if the art is a little different, because it's not drastically different in this when Javier comes in for a couple issues early on for the tape, part one and part two. And I really appreciate that because it's like you don't miss a beat with this one. And again, being 22 issues, this is a fairly long run. You know, a lot of the things we've seen, at least on the DC front with like Mr. Miracle or even with The Vision, you know, both of those Tom King ones are what, 12 issue runs, I believe. Yeah, they're 12. So they had a little more leeway with this one and could tell more of a story. And it's just so fun because some issues are action packed. You have Hawkeye showing off his boomerang arrow and Kate's kind of like, when would you ever use this? And then she has to use it like two issues later. And those things are just so fun. (laughs) Around issues eight or nine. Uh, Fraction like incorporates Hurricane Sandy, which hit New York at the time. And I thought that was a really cool thing, too, where he's actually like reacting to real world events that were happening in New York. Yeah. And I actually happened to live in Philly when that hit. So, you know, even though I came to this comic a little bit later to see stuff like that get incorporated, you're just like, oh, okay. You know, it doesn't necessarily not age well. But I think it's important for comics to incorporate these things that are happening all around us to give us that grounded feel. And Hawkeye being a character who does not have, you know, a fancy suit or super strength like Captain America or, you know, any powers like Spider-Man and just getting to see him in this kind of setting, I think works really, really well for this character. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's, you know, a lot more street level and grounded. Um, And even in terms of like the the out of the series that he fights, like he's not facing off against, you know, super villains. They're uh, the the tracksuit vampires. uh, This kind of like, I guess they're like Romanian or something. A group of uh, uh, criminals uh, who all wear tracksuits and say bro a lot. (laughs) And they have matching Mini Coopers that are numbered one through four. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, in in that aspect, like it felt really grounded too. Um, And even like when you get a more central villain later with um, Kazi, uh, the clown, like even he is really grounded, you know, he's just using, you know, regular, regular weapons like guns and knives and stuff. Um, and I also like that when Hawkeye and Kate do face off against him, like they actually get injured, which I feel like is kind of rare um, for superhero comics. Like, and these are like, you know, lasting injuries, uh, like later on in the series, Hawkeye loses uh, his hearing 
uh, due to a, a gun blast right to his ear. And that like definitely like reshapes the rest of the series. And there's uh, an issue, I believe 19 uh, and there's barely any, any dialogue. Like most of it is told through sign language. Um, and I, I don't know sign language, but like even, even not knowing it, like I could still pick up the story uh, just from the, the facial expressions that Aja did. Yeah. And you even have, like two issues straight of Hawkeye's love life and you see him going through the motions with all of these different women and it fits so well because they kind of establish that early on when he sleeps with this woman that he buys a car from and you know he's running out to Kate's car and he doesn't have his shirt on all the way and she's just like really Really? <laughs> you know? So that kind of like sets up that whole sort of storyline to work later on. And then issue 10, Francesco Francavia comes in and I absolutely love his art. So just yeah, to get that sort of in this, because again, it's a different style for sure but it still fits with the story. And, you know, he does a lot more horror stuff. So I thought it was a very interesting choice, too. And I really like how issue 10 turned out with, you know, his art. And then, you know, they get they get back into it after that. And, you know, we get more of Lucky, which is always, always welcome. <laughs> yeah, there's also that issue. I believe it's issue number 11 where it's entirely from Lucky's perspective. Yeah, yeah. And that's the one that's right after <laughs> Francesco Francavia's issue. So it's just like, all right, we did this thing that was a little different. Here's more of the dog because who doesn't love that? And it's so clever too. Yeah, it's like, I don't think there's any other comic that has done something like that. I think I believe that one won in, in Eisner, that issue. And then later on in the series, there's one where it's entirely like uh, it's a it's a cartoon show that uh, Clint is watching with his neighbors. Uh, it's the like the winter uh, heroes. And then like but all the characters are just like, you know, analogs for him and uh, his like exes like Mockingbird and Black Widow and Jessica Drew, and you know the the central character is a is a dog uh, named Steve who you know doesn't really fit in with the rest of the winter group and feels like he's kind of useless and you know he has these women in his life who are trying to to back him up but also you know tell him that he does need to accept help and like stop being an asshole. <laughs> yeah, and you know you have, I think it is issue thirteen where you're seeing a lot of nine panel pages. I think actually the whole thing, the whole issue is each page has nine panels. And that's a format that's been talked about a ton in comics. And it just works so well, because sometimes you'll talk about it in the context of, I think Mr. Miracle got a lot of attention with the nine panel pages. And mm, yeah, it just works so well if you have the right team doing it and the right artist, especially. So, you know, David's work on that issue and the fact that you have a page where 
you see Clint, you see text, you see some other image, you see more text, and it's the title page as well. You know, I just think they did a lot of really fun, unique things. Not that a nine panel page is unique necessarily, but the way they used it and the fact that every page was that way. I think, you know, it just lets them have a little more fun than I don't want to say than we would typically see in Marvel comics, but it differs a lot from Marvel's house style. For sure. Like there is a sense that they're getting to experiment with the comic book format with this book, which I, I feel like we don't see enough of, but I feel like it did set a precedent, you know, for later writers. Like I feel like so much of, of what Tom King is doing, um, you know, what he did with vision at Marvel and what he's doing at, at DC now, you know, with the, the, the Mr. Miracle series and strange adventures, I think so much of that kind of comes from what Fraction and Naja laid out in terms of these essentially self-contained character explorations that really experiment with uh, the format. Um, And it's kind of interesting to see, I think, how much, you know, audience have kind of changed uh, in terms of, of embracing that, but then also, you know, wanting the familiar like, again, just to, to reference Tom King, like his Batman series, I feel like is very much modeled after what Fraction did with Hawkeye um, in terms of these really experimental uh, storylines and and choices. But then, you know, you're working with the biggest character in the world. So obviously, like, the reception wasn't the same as what Fraction did with Hawkeye because people had a different expectation, I think, with these giant characters. But with someone like Hawkeye, I mean... You know, a lot of people didn't really, you know, care that much about the character, weren't that invested until Fraction kind of took over. So I feel like he really got to, you know, make the character his own, but then also like go a little crazy with it because there wasn't this built in anticipation of, you know, people thinking, oh, well, a Hawkeye comic should be this, this, and this. Yeah, exactly. And with issue 14, We see another new artist in Annie Wu, but things shift a lot in this one because that same title page that I read off earlier now says Kate Bishop, a.k.a. Hawkeye, is actually the greatest sharpshooter known to man. Shut up, Barton. She's practically an (laughs) Avenger. This is what happens when she gets sick of the other Hawkeye's drama and heads out to L.A. The dog went with her. So right there, you're just like, okay, yes, we know Kate took the dog now. We know that she's heading out to L.A. And this really allows us to dive into Kate more because everything prior to this was happening in Clint's world. And then we got that issue from Lucky's perspective. And this shifts that to a totally different location. We're now focusing on Kate instead of Clint. And, you know, I don't even think Clint is in this issue at all. And you really just get to sort of take a little bit of a break from the East Coast and what is going on in Clint's life. And I think at this point in the series, you do kind of need that. And it's just as effective as the lucky issue in letting you take a beat and just have something else to sink your teeth into. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I also think like, 
just to talk about the the shipping schedule for a little bit um, because you'd actually have like these alternating issues of Clint and then Kate, you know, and, and sometimes like, I, I don't know if any other series has ever done this, but like some of the issues, like I believe like issue 16 came out before 15, um, but it was like still continuing like Kate's story. So it skipped Clint's story for a month and like left off on a, on a cliffhanger. I mean, like, I feel like that is a really bold choice, uh, you know, just because I feel like the numerical like comic system is, you know, very much what people are, are comfortable with and kind of rely on, but just to like, even just like switch that up, uh, keeps things feeling really unpredictable. Yeah, absolutely. And this didn't have like a super consistent release schedule necessarily either, which is interesting because like you said, you have issue 14, that one comes out like at the end of November. And then in chronological order, you have issue 16, like you said, continuing Kate's story coming out in January, then issue 15 coming out in February. And then, you know, it kind of gets back somewhat on a schedule. But then between issue 18 and 19, you have a gap between March and July. So this wasn't one of the comics where Marvel was like, hey, this needs to come out every two weeks or every month even. And I think that helped the comic. It probably didn't help fans who were reading it (laughs) issue by issue. But I feel like sometimes you have to change things up just to get out the story that you want to get out. And like you said, this didn't impact any other storylines there was the big secret Avengers thing going on. It did not touch on that at all, pretty much. So this had no consequence to continuity, really. And the fact that they're now pulling from this comic in particular for the Hawkeye show that is out actually tomorrow, if you're listening to this episode, the day it drops, it just goes to show how much people ended up loving this. And, you know, you came to it later. I came to it later. And there's no real timeline for this comic, even though, you know, it talks about Hurricane Sandy in one or two of the issues and things like that. It almost has this sort of timelessness to it with regards to Clint and Kate. Yeah, for sure. You know, the other thing is interesting, you know, just coming into the series, you know, later uh, in preparation for the for the series, um, it, it does kind of make me wish that uh, the MCU had approached the character differently from the beginning. Yeah. And, you know, not made him uh, a family man. I feel like there's something so interesting about, you know, this guy who just like so frequently fails the relationships that he's in. Uh, and he's just kind of like a, a himbo, just like this like attractive, like well, well-meaning dude who just like is constantly making poor choices and like isn't you know that great at 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 teamwork um and i feel like you know fraction really explores where that comes from you get into his relationship with his brother barney and his you know abusive dad growing up in a a foster system like i feel like all of that so interesting and really makes the character um and i feel like you know the mcu went more of like the you know shield agent 
route from the from the ultimate comics um, and so it's interesting to see like the series bring in the elements from the series while also like maintaining the fact that like yes he's married and has has three kids so i think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out yeah and early on in this comic he even touches on you know that time i was dressing up like a ninja <laughs> and i really do wish we would have seen some more of that incorporated because this is really the only hawkeye run i know of that people talk about in this way which you know is how much people have loved it over the years and just like you said, the the issue with just lucky was winning awards. So this is something that obviously resonated with people. And the fact that I feel like Hawkeye's character didn't really do the same in the MCU. Of course, people like Clint in the MCU, but it just didn't hit the same way that this comic does. Yeah, yeah, I, I 100% uh agree and like i think that renner is fully capable of like delivering you know the character that fraction gave us but i just feel like they never really tapped into it or adjusted once fractions run began um but like it's also funny because like i think if you if you go back in the in the letters pages for some of the early issues like they mentioned avengers coming out uh you know that previous uh, summer or something um, and, you know, how, how fans who enjoyed Hawkeye in the movie, you know, hopefully enjoy this comic. And then, you know, it ends up being like the defining portrayal of Hawkeye rather than, you know, the movie that everyone kind of just experienced. Yeah. And I am hoping the show really digs into the Clint and Kate relationship, the way that this comic does because obviously they are purposefully introducing Kate into the MCU with this show. So I'm not expecting her storyline to be exactly the same as this comic because I don't know if they do the whole Kate goes to LA thing necessarily. While I would love it, it might not make sense in the grand scheme of the MCU's plans. Yeah, I mean... I think what's cool about her introduction here is that it feels like there's a lot of possibilities for her to go. So I think, you know, in some ways this show is going to be like a send off to Jeremy Renner's Clint Barton, but also a beginning for, for Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop. And so hopefully, you know, there'll be either future seasons or, or film appearances where we do see, you know, her go to, the West Coast, and I'd love to see the the Madam Mask uh, conflict. I think that's such a fun story, and LA is such an interesting, I think, change of pace from you know someone who has, who has grown up and spent their life in New York, and then kind of getting into like the the seediness and the mysteries of of LA and her coming into her own as a private detective, uh, as well as you know a, a superhero. I think that'd be really interesting to explore in the future. I'm honestly just so glad they got to wrap this run up the way they wanted to, because the last comic is about 30 pages. And obviously, that's a little larger than your typical comic book is going to be. So, you know, they really did get the chance to tell the story they wanted to tell and 
tell it in full form because especially over the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of things get canceled because of COVID. There's now paper shortages going on and a lot of stuff has been up in the air. And unfortunately, that means certain comic book series just never got finished. So there might be some comics where you got four out of six issues for, you know, some miniseries or limited series stuff. And who knows if we'll ever get the rest of it. So I love that they were able to tell this story and just the way it ends with, you know, like the target practice. I love that. Yeah, it's it's perfect. I hate when comics don't get to conclude. Like unfinished runs or like leaving on a cliffhanger drives me crazy. Uh, so I am, yeah, I'm really glad that they got to tell a complete story. And really, I feel like all of the 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 narrative beats came around full circle while also kind of like allowing the the torch to be passed for uh the next writer like you kind of discover that kate's father is working with the kingpin and doing some some shady dealings on that end uh so it both like concludes everything that a fraction set up but then also you know leaves room for for future writers to uh to explore um, and that's something that I plan on, on doing too before the show comes out is reading Jeff Lemire's uh, run and Kelly Thompson's run as well, um, you know, just to see how they followed up on the, the, the threads that uh, Fraction kind of left open for them. Yeah. Are there any other specific moments you want to bring up before we do some recommendations here for people who enjoyed this? Yeah, um, I I love the relationship that Clint had with his neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's something that you don't really get to see a lot of in superhero comics. Like it's always, you know, so focused on the superheroes themselves and like you know their their love interests and maybe like you know in in the case of Daredevil, like his his coworkers who are also his best friends, like Foggy Nelson. But like you don't really get a sense of people living in a community that often. Um, and so I love the fact that Clint and Kate like rely on these neighbors and the neighbors rely on them to the point where like the reader actually cares about them. Like when, when Grills is killed by, uh, the clown, like that was a, that was a shocking moment because, you know, a couple issues ago we had gone on this road trip, you know, with Clint and Grills to his father's house. Uh, this was during the, the hurricane issues, and I believe his father was in Jersey. Uh, and they went to go, you know, move his father out of the house, and he's, you know, very stubborn. He doesn't have that great of a relationship with Grills. And, yeah, we just, we really get a peek, like, at the the lives of these people uh, and that they, they do have a history that extends beyond the panels. Um, and then so when they, when they are, you know, killed or, or, or exit the series, we do feel that. Um, so I thought that was a, a really uh, neat touch as well. Yeah, there's just so much to enjoy with this comic. Clint is really just all about helping people in this. And he is someone who is willing to do what he needs to do for the Avengers, which we see with those two issues involving Madame Mask and the tape getting out that, you know, he just straight up shot someone in the eyes. And yeah. you have Maria Hill and Captain America coming in and being like, this is our fault, you know, which 
government people admitting they did something wrong, also <laughs> super uncommon. <And laughs> you just get this different look at Clint and his life. And, you know, I don't even think I could name another solo Hawkeye series like the creative teams or anything because he's always been, you know, part of the Avengers and not really a main part of the Avengers, to be honest, in a lot of the comics. Right. And this really just gave him a chance to shine. And I love that they did that. Yeah, I, I agree as well. You know, I had I had read a bunch of West Coast Avengers when I was prepping for for WandaVision because Scarlet Witch and Vision are uh, you know, central in that. And um Clint is uh, is the leader of the West Coast Avengers, but like he never really comes across much as having his own personality. Like he's just kind of like a low rent Steve Rogers, who's maybe like a little more aggressive. But I feel like you know, Fraction really defined who the character is, other than just like guy in purple outfit who shoots arrows. Um, and I, I think that there's uh, something to, to take away from that you know, for other comic uh, comic writers and artists, like I feel like there are so many characters who are associated with a team and yet we never really get a sense of them outside of the team or outside of like the kind of like power or skill that they have. Um, so I, I, I'd love to see, see more of that um, from comics. Like I'd love to see more solo runs just kind of delving into who these characters are you know, outside of, you know, when they're doing stuff for the Avengers. Yeah, well, I think that is a good note to end this portion of the conversation on. If you haven't read this, there's still so much we didn't even talk about. I highly, highly recommend doing that. But Richard, do you have any other recommendations for what else people should check out? Um. Well, uh, right now I am currently uh, reading uh, Hawkeye Freefall. Um, which was a recent Hawkeye miniseries. It is by uh, Matthew Rosenberg um, and drawn by uh, Otto Schmidt. Um, and so that actually takes a look at uh, Hawkeye's past as Ronan and the kind of the, the consequences uh, of that mantle that he, he left behind. And I think that that's going to also kind of play into the, the Hawkeye series as well. I know that there's going to be um, some exploration into Clint's time uh, as Ronan. And, you know, part of that is what brings in uh, Yelena into the mix uh, from Black Widow. Um, and then I had also recently read, uh, I had mentioned the, the Secret Avengers uh, book several times. Uh, and this, so there's several, um, there's several iterations of Secret Avengers, but the one that really focuses on uh, Hawkeye is Nick Spencer and Luke Ross's run from 2013. So this was running simultaneously two fractions uh, Hawkeye, but it ended um, you know sooner than than the Hawkeye run concluded. But in there, um, you you get to see his ties to uh, Black Widow and to the government and his work with Shield. But then there's also uh, a showdown between him and uh, Yelena, who in this iteration she's been brainwashed by by AIM. Um, but I feel like for for those interested in the show and the the kind of conflicts that it's setting up, 
um, both Hawkeye Freefall and then Secret Avengers 2013 are definitely uh, ones to check out. Yeah, you know what? That is the other Hawkeye series that I had heard of recently. I just have not had a chance to check it out yet. So I will certainly be adding that to my list. But I want to actually recommend checking out some more of the Kate Bishop stuff, because I think her character is just so fun. And there's a Hawkeye series after this one that covers, I want to say 16 issues. And it's all about Kate's Hawkeye instead. And it's written by Kelly Thompson. So, you know, I did actually end up checking out some of that. And what I read of it was continuing the fun look at this character. And since it came right after this one, you know, and what I meant earlier by I couldn't name Hawkeye runs, I specifically meant for like Clint, because they've definitely been diving into Kate Bishop a lot more since this Matt Fraction series. And I think that's going to be great for the show too. Yeah, I definitely plan on checking out uh, that that longer running series. And I believe that she has a new series coming out, I want to say in December. So it's um, uh, Mariki uh, Nijkamp and artist Enid Balam. Okay. They're launching a new uh, Hawkeye series that I believe... Oh yeah, it comes out uh, this month actually, November. So I think it comes out the same week that uh yeah uh, november 17th so next week actually perfect and you know like i said to go watch the show that will be out the day after this episode is out so you will have you know that new hawkeye comic and the new hawkeye show to check out so this was hopefully nicely timed on our part richard <laughs> yes for sure But thank you so much for joining me. It is always great getting to talk to you about comics. I'm sure you will be back on for more comic book episodes in the future. Definitely. Thank you again for for having me. I always enjoy our chats.